Hey everybody, Jay Shlansky here from the Fifth Trooper Network. I just want to take a moment to thank you for checking out this show. Did you know that over at thefifthtrooper.com we have tons of other content, including blogs, other podcasts, all kinds of stuff. In addition, if you want access to exclusive content, you can join us on patreon.com slash thefifthtrooper and join at any level and you'll get access to uh, exclusive blog articles, access to our private Discord, and much more. So please, Check us out, and thank you so much for all your support. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello, and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Matt Bronson. What's up, gentlemen? Hey. Hello. Matt, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is, I think, is this your first time on Scoundrels? Officially? I I guess it is, yes, officially. Um, Yeah. I'm Matt. I've been playing Legion since I bought it in day one, uh, literally on, on release day, but didn't get to play it for a while. I was just kind of starting to get into the competitive scene right before COVID hit uh, and then played a bit on TTS and then really, really hit up a bunch of events in what would have been 2022, um, 2022 and very end of 2021 started hitting up a lot of stuff. Um, but now I live in Europe and I'll be going to less tournaments just because, yeah. Because there aren't of, as many. Lots of flights and such. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'll find out. I'll find out exactly how many there are. But it's cool. Get to play different people. But uh, yeah, kind of the old. I kind of I had a lay of the land for the old circuit. Like, okay, yeah, I like this event. I like this event just because of certain reasons. And now I kind of got to rediscover that. And uh, you have the Bombad Generals podcast. And you're also a writer for Shatterpoint on our blog. Is that right? Yes, yes. I am doing a lot of Shatterpoint these days. Um, so and I think technically for the for the time being at least until they get fed up with me, I'm the only Shatterpoint writer. Uh <laughs> Doc wrote like one or two articles back in the day. Uh-huh. So if you're reading about Shatterpoint on uh Fifth Trooper, probably me, but now one article a month and then yeah. Also, after this, immediately, don't waste any time. Go download every episode of Bombad Generals and listen to that. You can't miss it. It's a big picture of Jar Jar on our uh, our thumbnail. So should not get mixed up with. I think there was a band or something on Spotify that was also for some reason named Bombad Generals. But uh, it's a great it's a great name. It, it is a, it's an awesome name. If if you're into Star Wars stuff, if you're not into Star Wars stuff, I could see it kind of not making a lot of sense. I think it's fair to say there are a lot of band names that don't make sense unless you're kind of in on the joke. So That's true. That's very yeah. fair. Uh, and some that don't make sense, even if you are. So I haven't listened to their music. Honestly, maybe it's like Gungan inspired music and should be in every playlist I make. Uh, so I do. I, that reminds me, I do need to check it out just in case. Well, there you go. I'd be curious. I'm a big to know discover. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If and when we get the Gungan Battle Force in Legion, I think that'll that'll ignite my uh, passion in a big way. You're gonna it's got to be coming, right? 
It's got to be. You would think. It, you yeah. would think. I, I'm holding out for 2024 because it's the 25th anniversary of uh, Phantom Menace, and they're doing all this 40th anniversary stuff this year for uh, Return of the Jedi. So I'm hoping. We'll see. We've got Geonosians, which are kind of the counterpoint to, to Gungans in a sense. And Ewoks are kind of the thematic slash tonal brothers mm-hmm. of of the gungans so ewoks i think opened the door a little bit to the um not taking themselves too seriously uh but still hilarious and awesome battle force concept mm-hmm. so i mean the gungans at least had a standing army right? they did they, and, they as, did. and and sort of like modern weapons in that um you know they had like ion technology and shields and stuff like that so that's what we need right stuff. now we need we need a hard counter to separatist list. That, <laughs> that's exactly what we need right now. <laughs> and I mean, another Gungans another republic. Yeah. Got kind of hard countered by separatists though back in the day. They didn't it wasn't going well for them. They didn't do great in that battle. Des- yeah. Despite having a bunch of ion weapons. <laughs> ion, ion 3000 and everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um but that's neither here nor there. All right. Well, great to have you on the show. Uh, we are going to talk about counters to things today. Um, that's kind of going to be the, the theme, the main theme, if you will, of this episode. Because PAX Unplugged is next weekend. That's a world open qualifier in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is in the United States of America. Um, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, both Mike and I are going to that. So as well as lots of other people from our local area um, and just lots of other people generally that play on the Legion circuit. So it'll be a great time. Um, are you excited, Mike? Um. Yeah, I mean, yes, I am excited. <laughs> I am. You sound uh, very excited. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Um. I think... Uh... It, so for me, this PAX is the start of a very busy December in which I'm not going to be home for like four weeks straight. So yeah, okay. I'm a little bit anxious about that. Um, I'm pretty much, we're getting home from PAX and I'm getting on a plane like six hours, well, I guess like 12 hours later. Um, and then just like not going to come and be home for three weeks. So, um, so yes, I am excited for PAX. Um, I haven't really thought about it a ton. In fact, I I bought my ticket like two days ago. Um, so better better late than never. Yeah, I mean, I've been signed up on Game Up like yeah, forever. Yeah. Um, Pax isn't like an event that they like s- stop selling tickets for because it's like enormous. Know, there, there's no there's no like cap. I don't yeah. think um, at least the in any of the years that we've had it. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm I'm just uh competitively gonna continue doing my thing and um so nothing nothing on my end's really changing i'm pretty pretty locked and loaded these days so hey ain't broke don't fix yeah well from that viewpoint (laughs) (laughs) that was a that was a loaded euphemism in that context um yeah, you keep doing what you're doing. Whether or not it needs to be fixed from a balance perspective is another a topic for another day. Yes. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. Well, what do you guys expect 
so I'm going to open this with, I know it's been, we've had many months now with the new rules and the most recent points changes slash balance update. And I feel like things have kind of settled a little bit. Um, so I, I know that can be its own discussion in itself. So let's not take that statement for granted either. Um, but I'm going to caveat, I'm, th that's a way of saying that uh, when we go into this making predictions, at least for me personally, I don't think anything that I'm going to say is going to be like a surprise to anybody about what I expect to do well from each faction. Um, so that's going to be like part one, probably the, the hopefully the shorter part of this discussion. And then uh, part two is going to be like, okay, suppose you don't want to bring one of those things. Um, if you want to do like a counter meta pick to counter, you know, if those are the things that you expect to see and you want to bring something else, you want to be a little bit hipster, what should you think about bringing? What what options do you have to kind of hang with those lists? We, the term counter meta, I feel like is kind of misleading because sometimes it's like a legit hard counter in the case of, you know, you have something like Dark Troopers. Right, where you could just run a crazy impact skew and then that would be a hard counter to dark troopers if um but I think most of the time it means like something that can sort of hang with those meta lists and maybe affect them in ways that are surprising and those players aren't used to. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be like a rock, paper, scissors thing where the meta list is is rock and you're suddenly bringing paper, you know. So um yeah, anyway. What do you guys expect to do well at PAX? Let's let's start with that. So before we jump into that, I did want to just color this conversation with a sure. little bit of empirical data that we have. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at the uh, presently registered um, factions for yeah. uh, for PAX. Okay. Um, the current breakdown is ten Republic. I think it's two or three Separatists, six Rebels, five Mercenaries, and one Empire. And that's roughly it's like a little somewhere it's like twenty four ish. Man, know. people are it's slacking. Like Let's people do yeah. like a few hours from when this recording. Is I mean, I'm end. my mine isn't in here, so okay. Republic will be at eleven at a bare yeah. minimum. Okay. Um, but I, I think uh, I just wanted to like put that out there because this is a third of the list that will be at PAX, um, and that is an interesting skip. I'm utterly you. shocked by the Empire. Yes, me empires, well, hey, maybe they're just they have empire has enough decent options that they're taking their time before settling on one particular list. That's <laughs> that's very possible. I I mean I think I think it's completely possible that this is not indicative of what we're gonna see at PAX, but this is a third of the field. Yeah, I'll I'll both say something very uncontroversial and then something maybe not controversial but uh, more surprising taking along with this because yeah i was recently at a world open qualifier myself that had a very similar breakdown with um republic coming in at i think it was just over half the the lists when i checked and made up i think six of the top eight all the top four so i don't think i'm i'm breaking any ground saying i expect republic to be doing well it should just based off of the the numbers um but you know you got many different flavors of Yoda with one, two arcs. I'm I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about that. One thing that surprised me a bit, and I'm actually, I haven't really been following the meta back home per se, 
but there was a decent showing for fluttercraft uh within that republic so i'm not sure if you guys have seen that i something i would keep an eye out for it's a way to play republic um but also have that kind of speeder game that's a bit different than barks because i you know barks into a mirror match not necessarily super effective all the time uh it's it's certainly harder to make them work with that dice pool and no pierce so getting a bit stronger dice pool with pierce from the fluttercraft and innate cover too the whole time so it's going to be a bit better against uh long range arc sniper fire so i i'm interested to see that that the, the weird thing about flutters is it's like a logistical issue it's not even necessarily a meta thing like just yeah getting on a plane with those things can be uh, a bit, a bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. They're fragile models. Fred to bring your super glue. Yeah. Super glue. Yeah. I don't know if super glue is going to help you most of the time. Yeah. Magnetize them, bring a, a, a hobby drill and a pinning kit as like a backup. <laughs> and under no circumstances, check that back. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> wrap them in bubble wrap yeah. very much. Yeah. You should really never check a miniature's bag. I um, I generally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I I always mine fits under the seat, and I would always recommend. Uh, this is a totally separate topic, but you should pretty much always like plan to just bring something that fits under your seat because if you get shafted and you know you're like one of the last people on the plane, and they're like, "Our overhead space is full," you know, like you want to be able to shove that mini's bag under your seat yep. in front of you, so doubly doubly true for fluttercraft and even then a little bit of turbulence and those bad boys are going to be <laughs> in trouble. you could do you could do what i did with my a5 back at uh i think that was the 2021 socal open and literally i just had it on my lap the entire flight because i did not want that thing getting busted isn't that thing so just, just like take... a brick though i feel like you could throw that thing in a wall hey it was, it was very nicely painted okay i didn't <laughs> i don't i don't glue them down to the base because oh, okay. I want them to, I dry fit them so you can take off the model. And if that thing pops off, it is just tumbling around in there, just knocking everything off. Was yours so. the graffiti one at SoCal? It Open? was, yeah, the Sabine graffiti. Okay, yeah. So A5. you won best painted at SoCal Open. I remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's 10 feet right over there. Yeah. If, uh, if the viewers want to see it, but ah, I bet everyone just listens, anyways. It looks great. I can say that much. I remember it because it was so stunning and also because it beat me out for Best Painted. Um, I had to yeah, settle for Kyle Best, Re- best Rebel. Best Rebel because the actual Best Rebel got Best Overall. Just that's, saying. That's right. Now, I don't want to talk about who won that event and who didn't win that event, but maybe the roles were reversed there. It's in the past. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I took the easy one with, with the Republic, but I think that's my more of a sleeper is is potentially um some some form of fluttercraft list and maybe when we get to the next section i might have a a thought as well with something involving flutters are these were these flutters in these european tournaments were they part of a wiki battle force or were they just one random, of them was. randomly like in a clone list one of them was uh okay. in a wiki battle force okay. and that might be i mean i could talk about it now but uh let's I save, save it. it for for part two yeah let's save it for part two what about you, Mike? Besides Yoda, uh, what do you expect to do you well? Um, I I strongly suspect that any lists, uh, including Cassian, I think that there's no there's no surprise here that um, uh, 
rebels are the second most taken faction on the factions that are signed up right now i think a lot of it is cassie and ahsoka shenanigans if i had to bet um although i hear some people are bringing han um and uh i don't know uh, who those crazy people are yeah i don't know either um so i mean i think you know cassie and ahsoka lines have been pretty sturdy they're pretty resilient i think to um a diverse uh kind of population of potential opponents um it can flex pretty well i think objective wise um yeah i mean i think i also think that shadow collective again um i think that's like large numbers of pikes is still really good and i think i think one of the reasons that we don't see it and haven't seen it in person is more a function of similar to like the flutters uh a logistics issue i think a lot of people just don't own six pikes squads um frankly uh it's just it's a lot of bandwidth to put on the table um if you're not like you've got to buy in really hard into that yep. mm-hmm. um as yeah. as someone that owns six pikes but does not have the mental energy to paint six pikes um i can that i sympathize with that yeah um because i i actually you know i i think uh pikes might be the strongest non-yodalists in, in legion right now um, you know, I think we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the counter stuff. But um, yep, I, I think that. just generally speaking, I think this will come up again. Pikes are one of those lists that, when points changes, especially obviously, you know, some errata kind of hit them as well. But with point changes, it, it they were drastic enough that it basically shaved a whole activation off. Which at the time, you know, when Blizzard Force was really coming into its own and and whatnot going and and 10 act dark troopers going from 10 acts down to nine acts was a big deal i think now that we're seeing a lot of success from you know these eight act yoda lists or you know other lower activation things going back to something like mall with pikes and saying oh i only squeeze nine activations out is not that hindering whereas before it might have felt a little worse so I think that is something that kind of reopens the door on lists like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it also seems like, I mean, people figure out new ways to do old things, so to speak, all the time. Um, right. And that your version of the Yoda list is a great example of that, where historically Yoda was an objective skew list. And you're like, what if Yoda was just a gun line list? Uh, and it turns out maybe that's even better. Um, and I think it's kind of the same with pikes. You know, the traditional wisdom is to to run the pikes with the um, the capo personnel upgrade and all that. But people are like, well, what if you just saved a bunch of points on that and spent it on board dodge tokens? You yep. know, uh, <laughs> like the um, supplies that give you free dodge tokens and stuff like that. And maybe that's even better. Um, so, you know, it. I think it's I think it's a combination of what you said, Matt, and that uh, get, having that activation cut is less bad than it was when that first happened. Um, I think that's probably the primary thing. But also, people are finding ways, different ways, to use pikes than the quote unquote traditional way, in a way that like increases their dodge generation efficiency even more. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it's having played against lists like that, it's just it's really hard to kill anything. It's super I hard think- to kill stuff. Yeah. 
as well some of it's like kind of forced creativity with things mm. like choke being changed that was a very yes. popular uh upgrade on mall now that it's been nerfed and it's 10 points people are more apt to look at you know force barrier on mall if they want to yep. go even tankier or my personal favorite i always like burst of speed on mall uh obviously it was nice when it was three points and not 10 but burst of speed mall is uh, a crazy objective piece and you're a lot more likely now to look at something like that because of the changes to choke whereas before i think a lot of people just said ah choke throw it in there boom I also think, which yeah, wasn't necessarily wrong choke choke was also very good choke, choke was quite excellent yeah. yeah well and part of the i mean you know you could argue the opposite too and that because of the choke nerf that made dodge spam even better than it mm -hmm. was um and that includes pike dodge spam by the way yeah um so you know there's two sides to that coin as well and it, it's kind of two both things working you know it's a push and a pull at the same time but yeah i also think like with you know you're talking about like rediscovering old things um you know swapping like one upgrade that there are a lot of upgrades that are just like not really played in legion um and sometimes just like going back to something that's not played a lot and injecting it into something that's already like kind of fringe and cha it changes like how the list is played um can like dramatically alter how well a list performs and a lot of times people just like don't look at a lot of these upgrades because they're perceived to be bad right um and I mean, like, you know, force guidance. Yep. Like, like people thought that card was really, I thought that card was really bad for a long time. And I was like, on a whim, like, yeah, I'll throw this in a list, see how it does. I'm like, yeah, force guidance is great, guys. <laughs> um, there are cards that within a very narrow window of if you know exactly why you're taking it and how it functions, unlocks quite a bit. Totally. And, and, um i think uh, sometimes you just have to like finding that is really hard i guess all i'm trying to say well and i think it's because in that example force guidance is i think what we would think of as a situationally good upgrade right yeah. um it it serves a very specific purpose in your yoda list because yoda lists tend to have a trouble with surge generation you know, it's not like Anakin who gets two free surges a turn that he can share with anybody, right? Um, so Yoda needs like a different way to generate those, and Force Guidance provides that. So it solves a problem, right? Exactly, yeah. it solves a problem. It it, it it fills a hole. It it shores up a weakness in a very specific list concept, and in a very, in a a very list, specific way. It's a list that supports one of the main problems with force guidance of the tension of wanting to go early right. uh, with it and having good universal shares like in that list generally you don't mind as much going early with yoda you know getting extra tokens on the board whether that's guidancing padme with a quick thinking but also giving out tokens with force guidance whereas before a lot of jedi you kind of want to save them right till the end and that's another was another issue with force guidance so it's like it's like a perfect storm of everything kind of coming together Yep. Yeah, I think generally speaking, force guidance is still an objectively terrible upgrade. Oh, oh you shouldn't features. put it on anything other than Yoda. I, like, I, probably. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Somebody might unlock it somewhere else. But really, all I'm trying to say, and we, you know, we've talked about Yoda plenty. Um, 
is that like you know I, I think one of the reasons those pike lists work without the kappa is this lbe right like um lead by example, lead, lead by example. Yep. yeah <laughs> um you know like being able to just like inject a way to continue to deal with the suppression issues and and, and it's not like people didn't know that before but right um i i think there are, there are things you can put into lists that uh aren't tried a lot because of conventional wisdom or con- you know conventional uh group think group think yeah yep i agree all right so we've got um republic generally um which i think we should cl- you mentioned obviously that your dark horse flutters matt uh i think that obviously includes yoda and anakin lists um mike you brought up cassian basically any cassian rebel list but especially cassian ahsoka yep. um i'm gonna throw cad banes uh, and magna guards in there mm-hmm. uh i think that's kind of emerged as like the most consistent separatist list um you know you've got you've got cad bane for the objective shenanigans and just general shenanigans you've got the magna guard because magna guard are great uh and you've got some quantity of b1s with those e5s's for critical um which is obviously very important so um just a good generally all-rounder list uh and then that leaves us with um and of course we mentioned the pikes the shadow collective pike lists um and there's uh like you said mike there's there's of the faction breakdown there's actually five mercenaries and that is just shadow collective by the way ewoks are not counted as mercenaries in game uplink they're counted as rebel yeah. um so that that actually seems high to me like we have had tournaments where it's been like two to three shadow collective I'm, so that's already i think a little bit high i'm unsurprised by the statistic i think i i think it is not to like jump the gun here but i think it is the faction that plays into what people are perceiving to be the big bad in the room the best yes i tend to i agree with that so what we haven't discussed here is empire and um i don't know if this is going to be a little bit of a hot take or not i actually think empire is not in a great spot right now um the reason being (laughs) if history is any guide if history is any guide um when arcs are good empire is not and that's like a little bit of an oversimplification um but generally speaking i think empire has a great has a great array of like all-rounder lists that can do lots of different things but what empire doesn't do well is generate dodge tokens um or um basically empire has a bunch of like relatively cheap red saves but those red saves don't tend to come with extra defensive tech. Um, and arcs don't have high velocity, but if you're dealing with you know, an opponent that doesn't generate dodge tokens or have low profile or any other fancy defensive tech like that, those red saves that you know, you're paying a little bit of a premium for over just normal white saves with no defensive tech don't really help you. Uh, so Empire Core tends to get shredded by Republic. And right now, Republic is very good. So, again, a little bit of an oversimplification, but um, 
I know Empire is like has been very good very recently. Uh, but I feel like Empire we're hitting a little bit of a lull with them simply because you know as Republic goes up, Empire tends to go down. You know, it's kind of a wax wane thing. At least we've seen that historically, and I feel like we're in a situation where it's uh, you know, if this were like a fantasy football stock watch type thing, it's like Republic stock up, Empire stock down, right? It's like it's like the a running back committee where one running back is getting the more touches than the other, and right now the lead back is the one getting all the all the goal line looks is Republic, <laughs> so at the expense of Empire. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's a little bit of a hot take to say that like Empire's not as good right now, but I don't know. I, so I think that there are empire lists out there that are good. Um, I I think the the I think the what em, the empire meta has not excuse me uh, shaken out really. Um, I think it's Blizzard has I think been kind of dethroned as the like quintessential. If you're playing Empire, this is like what you want to be doing right now. I think I think it's pretty clear that Blizzard is not really that at this juncture, um, and I think that it has been that way for so long that we're kind of like figuring out what what is Empire right now in a in a in a way that they are like consistently going to be winning things. Um, that's not to say you can't play a Blizzard and like win, but it's definitely not the list it used to be, um, and I don't think it's the strongest empire list that i've seen lately like I, I think it's got some significant weaknesses in the current meta and um so i i think figure figuring out i i don't if i was bringing empire to a tournament right now i don't know what i'd be bringing because I, i'm not really sure what is actually good enough that i would feel comfortable bringing it that's my take on, on kind of where that's at I think individually Empire still has a lot of decent tools. Like they've got stuff in a lot of different slots. They've still got good core. They've got some special forces, you know, that can do some stuff. Um, Guardian, easy access to Guardian with IRGs. Um, some good sniping options with Iden and Inferno. They've got bounty hunters. Speeder bikes are, you know, a decent cost option for the speed and mobility that they bring, but bringing it all together. I, I think yeah like that that perfect mix for for the current meta is still maybe a little elusive uh, but they do have enough tools that I wouldn't be too surprised if someone was able to to crack the code on that and get something that was really really working because I think the individual components are still good enough that they can make waves when combined in the right way and, and getting the right matchups too. Empire definitely has the widest variety of good units. Um, in that, like, if you were to make a tier list of every faction, I think Empire would have the most, like, A and B tier units. It's definitely got the most playable, efficient, yeah, just, like, all-around good units, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, they've yeah. Them... Oh, okay. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they've got the most units that... Like you look at it and you say, man, if I could just take X unit and put that in this other faction, I would be super happy, right? Like they've got all those units kind of all in one faction, but together it's just, yeah, 
it's finding that mix. I think part of that, not that I intended this to turn into like an empire existential faction identity discussion, but um, empire has a lot of units that kind of just do pretty well on their own. Um, they don't have a lot of, and it, this is, I think, appropriate for empire because they're the, you know, they're the big bad, like we don't do teamwork kind of faction. Um, but they don't have a lot of units that like directly support each other or help each other, hmm. right? Uh, so I think I think it kind of speaks to the like, yeah, they have a lot of like stuff that just does its job pretty well on its own. And if you were to stick them in another faction, well, you know, all three of the other factions have lots of different options for like synergy and stuff like that. They you could support that unit, great. Um, but just in Empire, since Empire is like an entire roster of a bunch of like jack of all trades, lone wolf type units, um, you know, it's it's a little bit more like you said, Matt, like bringing it all together, I think is a little bit more of a struggle. And I think that's on theme for the faction. Um, and I, I didn't mean to turn this into like a, you know, Empire, where are thou? Like, what are you doing, Empire? No, don't, um, don't worry about Empire. Empire is gonna yeah, be Empire is going to be fine. Four months. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Increase. I think there's something out there. <laughs> I think there's something out there. Like I, yeah. no, no change is necessary. It, nope. The the, um, the meta four months from now is already solved. Um, oh, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah. yeah, Empire seems to be getting a lot of good stuff shortly on the horizon, uh, and they already have, as we noted, a bunch of good stuff. So I'm not worried about them as a faction overall. Um, I think I just wanted to make the narrow point that like they do sort of struggle into good Republic lists that feature arcs. And right now um, there are some very good Republic lists that feature arcs. So, you know, maybe someone will crack that code. You know, they do have access to good, like you said, Matt, they do have access to good snipers, high velocity snipers. Um, those are things that are good against clones. Uh, I don't think they can do that trick as well as rebels can. Um, but because rebels have simply more access to long range stuff and more access to long range critical, um, but and Cassian's a better sniper than Idnis, frankly, significantly better. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I think somebody might crack that code, but um, at least for packs, uh, it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely, at least to this juncture, seems a little uncracked, um, and. You know, I think it'll be it'll be good as once somebody does crack it. I'm sure someone will hit something before worlds, as far as Empire is concerned. But um, they definitely can do the best armor skews, and there, do, there might be yeah. something to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of well, is that is that kind of a transition? Is now that sure, we've kind of yeah. the fact into that's a, a flawless transition. To there our, we go. Um, so let's let's uh, let's rephrase what what lists we're looking to to counter here. We've got. Um, clone gun lines, which uh, is Yoda and or Anakin, obviously those two things function very differently from each other. Um, but I think those are probably the best two clone lists. Um, uh, then you've got Cassian gun lines, most commonly with Ahsoka. You have uh, Cad Bane Magnus in some combination, and then you have Shadow Collective Pikes. So that's five different things, basically. So if you're looking for a counter meta option, what is it that you are trying to bring? 
Yeah, well, the transition was armor skews. So, yeah, okay. I mean, we can kind of talk about that. Um, now, this will not, then this is the thing that goes back to, right? With when we were saying, hey, uh, it's a counter. It, it might not be a hard counter to anything. And also, armor skews, especially, are something that can get hard counter. So, that makes them especially tricky and kind of matchup dependent. Uh, if you bring, an armor skew and you're facing CAD triple magnus, you're going to have a, a pretty bad time probably with all that critical and impact that's coming at you. And, you know, same thing with Cassian and, and you know, if he's rocking a multiple FD turrets uh, with that range five impact, you're probably going to have a good time. But if you get the right Yoda list, not all of them are bringing that much for, for RPSs. Um, it's, it's an option you know, with something like that. Or pikes, it kind of depends. They've got a bit of impact, but is it going to be enough, fast enough for something like triple ATST? Or, I mean, I was saying before the cast even, I think maybe double darks could have a moment again with, with Boba, just because it plays the, uh, I'm going to get in your face quickly and be durable game, similar to the, to the Yoda list, but that also helps against something like Cassian, um, that's a lit. Not, that's a list that not a lot of stuff can kind of hang with at range. So you have to close the gap and start picking things up at at closer range. And something like double darks or or uh, ATST skew can do that. But you're you're kind of rolling the dice with lists like that because again, there's things that will be very difficult. Um, and that, and sometimes it's more than just the list too, right? Like you could get the same matchup against the same thing, but depending on the table, depending on how the battle cards come out, it'll be a much different game. Yeah, so. no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think um, to me, the most interesting thing about the armor skews is probably the the darks. I think uh, we've seen like gap double dark a couple times at this point. Um, I definitely think it's got the potential to like overwhelm some of those lists. Um, I actually generally think that uh, with most people running barrier on Anakin nowadays, I, I think it's better into mm -hmm. Anakin than Yoda specifically um just because the anakin lists have like a harder time uh fire supporting um yeah unless they do run saber and then you're very sad again. And, unless they run saber yeah. which, which which i feel like is is like a little bit less traditional at, mm -hmm. at present um, it's currently less common yeah yeah um just because like we haven't seen a lot of armor stuff um it, it kind of goes yeah. back oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, like, Anakin without barrier is, like, pretty bad in the mirror, like, in the Republic mm -hmm. mirror. Against Yoda. Just, just, or just in general. Just against Republic in general. Like, yeah. when Republic's on top, you'd much rather have barrier on Anakin yes, than, than throw. Um, yep. And so I think with, with kind of how the meta is shaping, that's how most people should, in theory, be building their Anakins. Um, so I think with, with that, like that opens the door, I think, against those lists for armor specifically. I think I think the Yoda matchup in armor is significantly better just because like I don't know. Um there's there's a lot of critical in that list. And 
I also think the the Pike Span list also has a lot of impact, kind of natively. It 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 can, but then they can get one shot pretty darn quickly once those darks start closing, even oh, before yes. they really start closing. Like they yeah. they they have a decent amount of blink impact, but I'm not sure it can do enough fast enough. And it kind of goes back to my point earlier about the lists that got hit with an activation's worth of point upgrades or point increases. Um, you know, I'm thinking about my list from Worlds with with Boba and two six man darks. That didn't get hit at all with the Guardian changes because it never relied on the the Protector IRG cheese to to keep the darks alive. It just has yep. pure wounds. Yep. The only problem is it, it it went from ten acts down to nine. Um, but again, when you're looking at into a, into an, uh, a matchup with eight activations, it's not bad. And depending on what they've got, if it's a Padme. Padme versions, it's going to be a little harder to collect the bounty, just because Padme obviously has a decent amount of defensive tech. Um, but into clone commander versions, and on some run both clone commander versions, it's not too hard for Boba to pick up that bounty, which can also change the, the game math quite a bit. So it kind of goes back to Empire having a bunch of different tools and, and, and bounty being one of those uh, as well. On the Empire train, when, when we're talking about and, and we'll we'll kind of get off of of VO specific, but I think something like um, maybe mixing Callus in there to to disrupt Command Hand again into the Padme version kind of less effective because she has some cards that hey, you don't you don't care if you're playing in a mid turn, but and and maybe something similar if if you were doing Han. The problem is you have to do you have to play Han, uh, but you do get change of plans. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle, which, which can mess up with uh, Yoda quite a bit. <laughs> yeah you do have to play han um i don't know i've always enjoyed han but that was also back in the day when he killed stuff um yeah so Give we'll see more dice or sharpshooter two something sharpshooter two something. and and high velocity i feel like we're forgetting that this. we that we ratted steady onto his card already just because uh, he can forgotten. shoot more often <laughs> yes. doesn't mean that his shots are any more effective, Mike. It made him useful again, and now everything else has made him not useful again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think Han Han is a solvable thing with just, just make him like 80 points. Problem solved. That'd be fine, too. Yes. That'd be uh, fine. Just make him cheap. Yeah, 100 points is, is a lot for it. Because then you're just paying for his cards, really. And like, yeah. if you get value out of the pistol, whatever. That's Great. not super... doesn't feel thematic for me with Han, because Han's thing is that he like murders people with his pistol, but... Han, no, um, it's not. Han is not a warrior. Han, Han is but, a like a, a cagey smuggler that's like doing head gamey things. He's, he's thematically, not like killing people. Have you played Han, Han in Battlefront 2? Is that canon though? Is that yeah, canon? That, I, I, like, Are your I, multiplayer games in Battlefront 2 canon? I don't think so. That, that's but like, thematically, yeah. Han charging into stuff with steady, but then not actually killing anything is pretty on point. <laughs> it's, it's super odd brand. It's one hundred percent. It's the it's the card art and reckless diversion. That's yeah. what that is. Oh, uh, uh, Lando could use <laughs> the same treatment. Uh, I love the the Lando Chewy uh, Han combo, but those. Other than Chewy, those guys are just well overcosted. Yeah, just bring um, all the rebel heroes that aren't played down like twenty points. Bing bang okay. boom. That's down. fine too. Yeah, I'd rather see their killing ability go up because you know they're supposed to be the, the scrappy heroes against all odds. But yes, 
yeah. the and particularly like just low dice pools Steen, um, low count dice pools yeah. just you can't get out of cover shots anymore even at close range so it's like you're just you're, if you're throwing two dice you're throwing two dice into right. into things yeah. <laughs> and one throw less here's one less than less than not what dice at a time these yeah. days interesting <laughs> <laughs> what uh, it happens with other factions, other factions, Mike. I know, I know. Um, so here's here's a hot take. I think if there was ever a time for our boy, the man in charge, Count Dooku, to get back into the game, interesting. It is, it is right now. Okay, explain. It is right now. Um, I think, uh, and and to a lesser extent, Asash. I think Makashi and just being able to like have the potential to like one shot a Yoda um out of all of these lists would be would be gigantic. Um people just don't play those pieces really. Um but how would you do that when he has access to like three or four dodges? You gotta you gotta you gotta deal with that beforehand, right? Like you gotta maybe like chip a couple in. But I also think Dooku specifically with his three pip um has a real play into like all of the Republic shenanigans that are happening right now. And that all the Republic lists are are very critically relying on precise positioning of all of their units and things that scatter things or for instance move them speed two and then you force push them again and you know um you can isolate stuff you can isolate mm-hmm. stuff and you can really you know once you disconnect one or two units from like the clone ball hive mind that's going on um things break down quickly um and I th- I think units that uh you know are able to do that like very few force users in the game uh like Vader's like one of them but he kind of has to get in a little bit more close in order to to make that work um I don't know I mean I still think Dugu is like overall a pretty like overcosted piece but I do think that right now if if I was like looking for a time to play Dugu and like Dooku would scare me a little bit. I think I think you can also build a shell around Dooku that the Republic lists are not going to like. You can build, you know, Dooku Magna like B one E five is it E five S whatever E five S is the four. critical one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a bunch of like you know six or seven somewhere between like maybe six to seven range four guns that all have critical on them. The Republic lists don't love that already. Um, you can probably pump that up to nine or 10 activations if you're not like doing anything else janky. And, you know, um, I, I'm not sure it's like super great into the rest of what's going on right now, but with how frequently Republic is being taken, I think, I think that could be very good. Um, and I mean, even into some of the other stuff, right? Like that we're talking about, you'll probably have a decent Dooku target with a Boba or an Ahsoka or something like that, or a mall in Shadow Collective. So there's, Cad, it's not Cad like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, Cad Bane. Cad Bane hates um, dealing with Dooku. Yeah. Because Cad Bane does not want to be in melee with Force users that can win priority against him. <laughs> no, no. Cunning is huge. And frankly, like all of the, 
like with Vader kind of like on the downswing, a lot of the force users that are being played right now are kind of low health and fragile. Like we're looking at we're looking at Yoda, who like yes, he can generate dodge tokens, but he's one of the more fragile force users as far as like once he starts having to roll defense dice, like you're not really mm-hmm. super thrilled about it. Um uh mall shadow collective mall also very fragile piece specifically if you don't have a mutant pierce anymore right um and ahsoka in these rebel lists like almost always has to kind of carry the game on her back a little bit which means duke is going to be able to probably makashi her too um and yeah she might have a dodge token or two but like you're still probably netting like two or three every time you swing duke's saber at her so mm-hmm. i don't know um yeah, I think when you're seeing more Vader's, like Dooku, obviously is like a lot less good in Vader than most other Force users because he's gonna have to swing three times in Vader to kill him. But yeah. on the flip side too, you know, if you're taking Dooku with Magnus, you're you don't really have good options for those Force users who have to carry the game, right? Like Ahsoka, she doesn't want to go and start swinging her lightsaber at Magna guards. That's just gonna be a, a bad time for her. Now, yeah. you know, if they've got a lot of piercing high velocity and long range guns then they might be feeling you know they might be able to chip away at those magnets before uh before they close in so depends but ahsoka herself is is not going to have a good time in that matchup trying to hard carry speaking of things that um do good damage at long range or at least reliable damage at long range what about one Mr. Din Jaren with his uh Amban rifle. No. No. <laughs> did, did did Sam did Sam put you up to this? No. Um <laughs> the uh I have witnesses actually. The okay. 5280 guys, I'm in their chat. Um and I brought up Din, I think a couple weeks ago in that one, simply because uh there are very few things now in the game remaining after the choke nerf that actually bypass defensive tech. Sure. The Amban, by definition, does that because it's not an attack. <laughs> um, but like it's just, now, it's just yes, not enough. <laughs> I get, I get that it is like one wound, probably, and there's even like a twenty five percent chance that it's not that. Um, but one wound a turn against Yoda or even like arcs, that's meaningful when you can stack it on top of like Iden or Cassian, some extra long-range firepower there, plus some snipers and some long-range critical. You know, it's not like he has to do it all by himself, right? Um, So, I don't know. It. I'm not... Look, he can be expensive when you take him with other stuff, so I'm really only advocating as, as like... Look, people take Iden at 115 points as often purely like a sniper Iden. Uh, and most of the time she's going to be with marksman she's going to be just getting one critical off of those two black dice which means that she's killing one model a turn and that by the way is subject to things like barrier protector guardian um stuff like that whereas you know din Djarin with just his amban rifle is also 115 points um and his one wound per turn is not subject to any of that stuff so uh, I think if people are going to pay 115 points for Iden for that one unlimited range wound to turn, I think it's defensible. Like if you want to just double down on that and take Din and do another unlimited range wound to turn. Um, 
I don't can know. I take Inferno Squad with Din and get Tax Strike too? You just take like, all three of them. Well, that's true. Yeah, if, if if you want, if you want to do it in, in, in I think you got to saturate. You got to saturate that element, right? So I'm not advocating just taking Din and like a skew or something. I'm I'm saying like if you're running Empire, mm-hmm. you take Iden, you take Inferno, you take Din. Um, you can even fit, by the way, uh, those three, two snipers, Boba Fett, uh, two shores and two mortars, and that's 10 activations. That's the thing that fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also just kind of slot Din right into that like Ahsoka Cassian thing. It, obviously, if you do that, you're like replacing Ahsoka. So the wisdom in that is its own separate question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but oh, You can replace K2. I'm not the world's biggest K2 fan. That's true. You could um you could cut you could cut an MK2, and that's the points difference between K2 yeah. and Dim, basically. And then you're down to 10 activations. Um, I've been playing Electro Binox on Rebel Troopers instead of Yeah, exactly. K2. Yeah. Yeah, which is basically what K2 does, right? Like he generates two two aim tokens a turn for Cassian, and usually you only need one of those. Yep. Um so yeah, I could see that. Um Sure, you could do. The point is, there's ways to fit him in a way that, like, in a list that already kind of leans into that long range um, defense bypassing damage archetype, and he just yeah. he does it like he does one more of those a turn, and um, you know, sometimes that's that could be the difference, right? Between like maybe you got Cassian and he does like a double crit on Echo and does two wounds to Echo, and then you've got Din right there to take out Echo. Right. Whereas previously, Echo would just hide behind something the rest of the game and generate tokens. Um, so sometimes that like one extra long range unlimited auto wound is significant. I don't know. I feel okay. sad losing out on that double speed three relentless into a sure. big flamer yeah. shot. But like, I, he's I, not I, really I, very good at that anyway. I mean, that one turn, he's pretty awesome. Sure, the one turn is good. Exactly, that's the thing. I I think it kind of gets into that territory when you're talking about counter lists as far as, like, overteching. It's like, if if you're going that hard into the skew, you might be really happy. You know, it it might give you a decent chance into um, the Yoda lists and then into everything else. You're like, like this is not worth the points value. It's kind of back in... (laughs) It's like back in the day with dark lists. You skew incredibly hard with... Um, impact and sure you, you you're feeling like you have a chance into those dark lists and then into everything else you're like oh shoot uh you're not armor so now i'm less optimized it, it's that tough sure. you got to get a little bit you got to be good and you got to get a little bit lucky in that whatever you build your list for you get to match up against um yeah. I, I don't know where this really fits, but I can talk a little bit about the um, the Wookiee Defender Battle Force. Please. And yeah. it, um, it it could be maybe decent to, to Yoda, just decent into to a lot of stuff. If we're, you know, a lot of the things we're looking at are fairly static lists with not a lot of movement uh, ability, you know, not... Not to the extent of you know something like Blizzard or or you know triple stabs, stuff like that, and so I because I played against both the the flutter lists over the weekend um, a couple weeks back, and they were decently close games, but I I think 
the the thing about the Wookiee Battle Force specifically that made me intrigued is the extra tech it has in Breakthrough. Because as a Yoda player, for the most part, I don't worry about Breakthrough that much, honestly, even against like a 10-act list. Like it's, you you line up in the middle, you corner them, and you, you blow them to pieces. But the Wookiee Battle Force specifically is extremely good at running away because of the extra speed one move that they get. So not only does something like Yoda start two activations behind, because it's, you, know, you can get to, to a 10-act list with it, but whenever you try to kill something to, to, to get those activations off, they just get further and further away from you. Um, so I think that makes it interesting because it can kind of bring that objective skew back into play because obviously bombing run, um, not unwinnable for Yoda. You know, it's it's what I ended up playing and, and winning at. But again, it's it's something that is is not ideal for the Yoda player, especially when they're they're out activated by multiple activations and you can go drop a bomb on their entire clone ball. Uh, they'll they'll probably not have a great time. So it's it's not a hard counter there, but it it does have interesting things that I think a lot of other objective skews that are just trying for that breakthrough bombing run combo can't do because I can't run away quite as effectively. And similarly, you know, droids with with CAD and Magnas, you know, Pike Gunline, Cassian Gunline. These are lists that don't generally want to play those objectives either and kind of need chip damage to to get stuff through. And Wookiees, the Wookiee Battle Force loves it if you can only chip damage them. If you can't fire support and throw 15 dice in their face uh, and one-shot them, then they just get closer, 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 or further, 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 depending on what the, what the objective is. And barrier yeah. doesn't work in melee, so there is that too. <laughs> All your shared dodges still work, but, may, but, but barrier doesn't. And frankly, Wookiee lists tend to have a lot of pierce. Yeah. Anyway, at, at all at you know with the bowcasters and then also in melee with lethal. So, um, clearly they they don't like being fire supported because <laughs> uh, it's all white saves, and I'm sure you've you've murdered your share of Wookie, you know, first bam lists, Mike. But um, certainly their weapon profiles, at least from a offensive standpoint, are good into red saves. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think maybe in, uh, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about it when we were talking about the Empire, but I think it's probably one of the reasons Empire is maybe not having the, the greatest time right now is that Empire really doesn't like looking at six bookies across the table. Nope. <laughs> yeah. A lot, yeah. <clears throat> um. What about Ewoks? So the reason I bring this up is there there have actually been a couple of tournaments recently won by like not the ATSD version, but like basically activation spam Ewoks, like 13, 14 activation Ewoks with, with Han and Chewie. Yeah. And they do the reckless diversion thing, and then they have, you know, whatever, 12 units of Ewoks. Um, well, I guess nine units of Ewoks plus the various heroes and stuff uh and 
they just they just kind of get in there and it's it's mostly an objective skew list right you're looking mm-hmm. to leverage all those scoring units and bet that your opponent can't kill all of them basically um but could you see that working against some of these medalists i think and i don't say this to like be mean to people but i but i think that the reason that those like 14 act lists do so well is because people don't know how to handle situations where they're down that many activations from the jump. And I think they're very awkward situations. If you've never been in before, um, it's very hard to play that game in a way that you win. And, and I think you can like from the Ewok side of the table, I think you can catch like 90% of the Legion player base kind of on unawares with that type of strategy. It's very hard if you have to be very precise and calculated in how you dismantle a list that has 14 activations. That's just like part of the process. Um, So I guess to that point, like I think it probably can do pretty well at most tournaments. I think once you start getting into players that like the thing is the list doesn't do things well as far as like anything outside of what you just described. (laughs) (laughs) Like it like it doesn't actually really have tools in the toolbox, is is the thing, right? It it doesn't have attrition tools. It doesn't have attrition tools. Once you start losing units, all of your like your your power goes away. And obviously that's true of a lot of lists. Um but like the only thing that that list is really leveraging is the fact that it gets to go five times after you do, right? And if you're able to take that ability away in the first few turns um, by like shaving an activation off each turn without losing anything in response, because they can't really do range damage. They can't, to you. yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, um, as long as you're kiting them effectively and and, you know, working the map in a way that and and that's sort of what i mean with like you have to be very precise about it um i i think the game just sort of falls apart for them well and two right like a lot of those lists um and this kind of comes into a preparedness thing two is um yeah 90 maybe you know to you threw out the number 90 percent, but then that 10 percent also like really knows how to use standbys effectively <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah which takes a lot of that power away when your whole army is is range, range two. two yeah and i think it, i think it could work maybe against some lists like maybe against you know the the more long-range chip damage you know hey someone brought Iden inferno and din and, and whatever or you know cassian and a whole bunch of snipers you know but when you have to close in when when the big meta bad is Yoda and you have to close in, um, <laughs> it's like not given how stop given how many nine wound Wookie squads I was one shotting, uh, I look at um, these Ewoks and say, oh, they only have whatever seven wounds. Great, even easier to just pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, and they can't threaten as you know as Mike is saying, they just can't threaten you. So, are there paths? maybe on like a weird kp where you can just sit back the entire game and and swarm but even that is very hard just because of standby play good good jedi counterplay creating melees and and stuff and just the ability of some of these lists to just take hold of the center and play very aggressively 
Yeah, I think I think that that was what I was gonna say. I was like, like yes, like you can ter- use terrain to your advantage, but if if your opponent knows what they're doing against these like high act Ewok lists, they they should be aggressing you and and mm-hmm. taking yep. like taking your activations off the table. And I actually think in the broader picture of things, talking about counters to the meta, if like specifically against the Yoda list, but to a lesser extent, I think Pike lists too. If your plan is to like get into melee and win the game there, th- that's just like it it might look good on its face. <laughs> it's not it's not a winning like counterpick strategy. It just it isn't. Um you, you're you know, not gonna be able to plow through the dodge tokens in melee any more than like a ranged gun line is gonna be able to do that. No, and the Yoda list specifically, like Yoda's like, oh, you got into melee, sweet. I'm just gonna like rip rip apart your units with force push, standby, guidance, like shenanigans and stuff. And the pike line, just like you're not gonna kill anything. So uh, you know, I'm overall with like the range two skew list. I just um I just it it doesn't have it for me. That's fair. All right, any other any other thoughts? I uh, I've, oh, go ahead. I've been putting together a Din Iden Inferno Bosk ATST list. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of words. That's that a lot of things. That all that all yeah. fits. <laughs> um, and you sorry? Can sh- you run run that by me again? Yeah, Din with the Amban. Uh huh. Iden with her rifle and Dio. Okay. Uh, the only reason Dio is there is because I didn't find a way to use the other fifteen points better yet. Okay. Can you get um, four more points and get a medic in there or something? I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, it's got Inferno, no upgrades. Uh, Boss, no upgrades. ATST with the Hammers Pilot and a Mortar Launcher for your nine die range four shots. Shore with a T21, RT97C Stormtrooper, and a TF90 Mortar. Uh, you know the old adage of like, before you go out, look at the mirror and like take off one thing? Yeah. A fun piece of jewelry. I think that's that applies to that list. I think there yeah. might be something there, but you just I think the one thing is probably the ATST. I don't uh, know. I actually think the ATST is the reason that this list is actually I that would be the last the thing I think I would take interesting. Out of this list. Pers- personally, I think that's the thing that um kind of would potentially push this list over the top. It combos well with Inferno and Gideon, or not Gideon Tell. Um and I think it actually allows this list to survive into matchups where you need to do like real damage as opposed to like chip damage. Chip damage. Okay. You yeah. know. Um I don't know if it's good. I just like when I when I ooh, you know, Kyle, you mentioned and talking about Din and just the Amazon, yeah. and I would just like yeah. immediately went to Legion HQ as is my way and started like playing with numbers. And um I was like, hmm, this actually that's just a lot of ranged four guns yeah. that bypass a lot of traditional defensive tech. As as much as I love Boba, I mean, yeah, Bosk makes a lot of sense there because if you're tossing five crits on line and weight, uh, you can bury your one, and that's that's it. Then it's four Pierce one coming through. Notably, um, we we haven't talked about Bosk today, and we probably should have. Yeah. Um, uh, tools, I, tools, tools. Yeah, I mean, I think like as long as you're playing Bosk in a way that you keep him as safe as possible, um, you know, yeah. he, he's gonna if if you know some of these lists get a hold of him, they will they can and will one shot him. But as long as you're playing casually with him, uh, you should be fine. Um, he he 
he does the damage and is a very cheap, efficient piece to do it into the list with defensive tech. Not great into pikes, obviously, um, but into the Republic <laughs> list specifically. Um, the suppressive is decent into pikes. Suppressive is good, and like yeah. you got to chew through those dodges somehow. You do, um, yeah. and he still has that one line in wade shot. That's that's pretty good. But yeah, even reptilian rampage, just like stripping dodges and putting out a bunch of suppressive, is especially if it's a courage one pike list. Not bad. Not bad. Also. I mean, <laughs> I know that this is like a little bit silly, but you know what card doesn't care about how many dodge tokens and barriers? Whistling birds. Are you gonna say whistling birds? No. Okay. I, wasn't. Okay. I was gonna say I was gonna say merciless munitions. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day too. Like, drop that in the middle of a. I mean, look, getting close enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a challenge it, potentially. If you like last first with Bosk and just accept that he's gonna die, but you put, a, you know, you strip a bunch of their dodge tokens with the bomb and then just put eight poison tokens down, like, yeah, that could add up. That's if you put eight poison tokens down on an Anakin or Yoda ball with Bosk, like, he's made his points back probably. Yeah. Um. In addition to stripping most, if not all, the dodge tokens in the process. Right. Like, the defensive tactical list should just be gone, pretty much, uh, at the opening of the turn. I'm not saying that that's the thing that's going to actually work, but it is an interesting thing that you potentially could do. Yeah, especially in that list. Like, if you're not teching up Din a whole lot, you don't really need his one pip. So then there's less competition there. You're probably still taking the item one pip. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, end of end of turn, reptilian rampage, and move three times, um, and then uh, merciless munitions, and just uh, move again for four speed two moves, then drop a bomb. It's, yeah, it's a thing you can do. Definitely Hopefully, I mean, if you're if you're close enough, you could drop a bomb and take a shot at someone at the yeah. same time. So, which is not too bad. Um, anyhow, uh, just. Counter counter thoughts that uh, didn't come up until. until no, I think I think that's interesting. I mean, I love Basque. I've always been a big fan of Basque. Mm-hmm. Um, and that critical is going to go a long way most of the time against most things. So, yeah, I I, I still remember Lone Star a couple of years back when Shadow Collective just came out, and I hadn't I, I hadn't played bad guys yet, so I was finally able to play Basque. And I remember just playing him on I was like, I was always I was always scared of Bosk. And then people were like, oh, he's not so good anymore. Like I don't even take line and weight or whatever. And I remember just getting the chance to play him. And I was like, what the heck, people? Like this this guy is so freaking so he's yeah. still so good. Why is he why why are people doubting on him? He's yeah, and and this might be his his time to shine for exactly those reasons. He, um, he and he can fit into those CAD lists too. Yeah. Um with order control, if the Magna ones, I'd have to look at the list. You'd have to really make sure you can, I, I'm not sure if you would have enough order control on him um, with the reverse sort, but um, there's definitely ways to do it where you end up with, you know, whether he's paired with CAD or maybe you could even, you could pair him with Asajj if you want that Mikashi and get um, just operative tokens in the bag. And then you're going to have activation control and, like activation advantage and perfect order control, which is what you need to make boss work in that matchup. Yeah, I think my my closest game at Crucible, I think, was against uh, Separatist CAD boss. I think 
um, and a bunch of like range four critical spam between Magnus and like E5Ss and stuff. We were playing KP and it just like, you know, neither of us really wanted to get too too close to the other because we're trying to hide the whole game, right? And mm -hmm. getting shot by Bosk and a bunch of critical guns is not really what any of the public stuff's looking to looking to have done. So Yeah, particularly at range four. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do think, speaking of droids, that experimental droids, there could be something there as well. Um, you know, again, a lot of this, you know, I haven't had enough time to really put things through the ringer. So a lot of it's kind of coming from what have, what have I played against and kind of thought, oh, that that, that has some situations. Um, just because it's a list that can actually hang you, you, to, to beat this meta obviously you know you need something that can do well in close range and punish things that are trying to get close but also work well at range because there's things that are going to hurt you in both and i think experimental droids can do that you know the version i was playing against it had the tank um with the high velocity shells and you know full bx snipers and some fully loaded b2s as well not fully loaded they had the they didn't have the blast gun they just had the rage 2 gun right so it's a bit of mishmash and you know it, it can be got but again depending on the board layout too that can also help um just in the sense of hey the clones don't want to cross the board if it's a wide open board um but then if it is there you've got some b2s that could potentially light things up and at the range game They've got pretty easy access to repair. Um, they've got good access to dodges with stuff like Kalani to make it hard for arcs to punch through. And they can throw range five piercing sniper shots with red, red, black, white um, with aims behind it and lethal. And one of those shots isn't too bad, you know, a couple. But when you layer in multiple shots like that, plus the tank, it can start you know, wearing things down over the course of a game. So being able to, we're talking like, I can kill maybe one thing, but also not lose something kind of territory, which is how you kind of have to win the long range game. It's not perfect because, you know, it's, it can still get blown up real good if, if, if the clone player is able to get aggressive. Um, but I think as far as something that has legs and potentially has a chance and can make, uh, make life a little difficult, I think there's, there's something to experimental droids as well. Of course, it's one of those lists. If Yoda gets in, it's 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 GG. Well, it still has the super attack two pip, but it's probably not going to help you too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bosk is interesting. I might have to think about him again. I was making I, I, a, uh, I, uh, I was trying to think about objective skews with Bosk, um, and you can actually do like a Cad Bane Bosk double bounty stats list. You know, and then you've got your two bounty hunters possibility obviously um as well as you can play all the speeder objectives now clearly that list doesn't fit magnus uh so mm -hmm. that's not great yeah um but you know it's an interesting objective skew with double bounty but yeah bosk is really any part of i was talking about din earlier at 115 points bosk is 10 points cheaper and, <laughs> and way it, better at everything yeah it kind of it he kind of fills that same that same thing. Now, clearly, I, I guess you could triple down, right? And do like do both. Iden, yeah. Bosk, and in. And um, also all at the same time. 
as well as an inferno squad. <laughs> sure, right, exactly. <laughs> can can um, you get Pelp in there too? Can we get some pulp? I mean, you could probably just change the ATST and like a heavy weapon on one of the core units after Pelp, right? You probably could, honestly. Roughly, yeah. that'd be pretty close in points. Yeah, I mean, it's then, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, like, yeah. hold up. So that ATST is one seventy. So clear that and the T twenty one and. It's pretty close. I mean, you I, need some upgrades on Pelp, though. Yeah, you're gonna want like expensive ones, like Burst Barrier and so Burst you, Barrier you push, or you, something. So. Yeah. Well, you can cut Dio. Oh, you right? can. So cut Dio. You there you go. Okay. 20, 27 points for upgrades for Pelp. That's probably enough. Burst Barrier is twenty. Anger's three. You can you take probably steam, want some steam leader. So burst, burst Barrier. Just so that you can like feed lots of aims to Iden and or Bosk for the pull the strings on extra shots, but yeah. all right, you heard it here first, folks. Mm -hmm. Counter meta, Iden, Bosk, Palpatine, locked and loaded. <laughs> Does this come out? And, and, uh, and yeah, it won't come out before this lock, in. so you won't see it at packs, but you'll see it uh, every tournament after cleaning there up. Yep, that's gonna be it. All right. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to mess around with stuff like that for sure. I, yeah. think, I love I think bounty people, hunters. I would encourage people to do so. You know, I think I think making the let's the metas are meant to be cyclical. You know, they yeah. are, and I I'm intrigued. I'm actually intrigued by this boss discussion for two reasons. One, I love Bosk. Um, two, as those on the Fifth Trooper Discord will know, um, I was doing like a last minute painting blitz on Rebels. And then I, I lost of it. I lost a part of my airbrush. I think that it went down the drain of my sink. Um, Classic. Yeah. I was I was cleaning it out because it clogged because I'm painting a lot of things at once, uh, and being too hasty. Um, and I think that I dropped the. It's it's called a checking nut, but it's basically the thing that you screw onto the back of the needle mm -hmm. so that the needle actually like grips with the trigger and goes back and forth. Um, and I think I lost it down the drain. So. My airbrush no longer actually sprays paint. Um, I'm getting a replacement part, but that's a long way of saying uh, currently I have a rebel list submitted. It is the Han list that I previously talked about. It does rely on begging, borrowing, and stealing rebels from people. Wait, isn't this the thing that's like lists are due in like a matter of two hours or something? No, yes. they're, they're, I thought they were due tomorrow night. Are they due? Okay. It, but it will be a throw something together, sight unseen, like un untested. Go for it. Hey, I mean, I'm to all say for that. that anything Kyle is playing that has Bosk in it is untested, I think is that's not true. Fair. That's, that's true. not fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, well, let's get the list submission deadline correct because this will come out Tuesday tomorrow. So we should know if people actually have time. It's Tuesday <laughs> after this comes out. for some of us. Let's I, my, I mean, sure. I, yeah. I haven't submitted my list, so this is relevant to me. So let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I was under just, the impression. Just do it, it Mike. You know what you're gonna put. Just, just do it. Just put it in there. I am. I procrastinate just because I can. You can always change your list on Game Uplink, people. So okay. just put a list in, and then you can always change it at the last minute. Okay. Uh, list must be submitted no later than November 28th at 11:59 p.m. Eastern which is tomorrow, Tuesday, or today, Tuesday, if you're in Europe, like Matt is. Yeah, I was looking, um, and I was like, that's today, oh no. Yeah, 11.59 p.m. So it is It is due 
tomorrow night, Tuesday night by midnight, basically. There you go. So people can hear this and so send send me your account. your Bosk lists. I don't have an ATS to you, but maybe I'll do Din Bosk. <laughs> do you have a pain of Din? Pelp, pelp. You 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 like yourself some pelp. I do. I do not have a pain of Din. However, you I did use mine if you'd like. So I did manage to get him primed and Zenithal highlighted before Ooh. my airbrush clogged, um, because he was briefly a component of my Cassian Han list ideas. Um so I would just need a hand paint in in the next couple of days, which I can do. Uh, it's doable. And, it's doable. And all my other Empire stuff is painted. Whereas for that Rebel list, there's I've got a lit, you know, like 20 things basically that need to be painted. Um, but I have any basically any combination of an Iden list that involves short troopers, I have like 100 percent fully painted. So um do it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Is it better than the Cassian though? I think Cassian's better. I think no. I think Bosk is a better piece than Cassian. However, I think most of the things that go around Cassian and the Cassian list are better than the things that go around Bosk and the Bosk lists. They both get one shot pretty pretty easily. I think they're pretty on par there. Honestly, the Cassian list is definitely better at saturating long range critical and Pierce than the Empire version. Yes, I, I just, I do think Boss, I think, like, on its face, Bosk is a much better character than Cassian. Bosk is, like... Mm -hmm. Bosk is great. Bosk is great. Cassian yes. does one thing and kind of one thing only. And the most part. it's yeah. not like Cassian's 100 points. Like, to do that one thing, he does need support. Yes. Um, Specifically support, K2 or something with a Binox or, or whatever. Or Binox, which is kind of like two guys with Binox is basically the same cost as k2 now you always you have to take that core but yep. you know it's it's slower ramp up no i i yeah i think i think there's something to a, a boss guide and plus plus something like you're still fitting boss inferno two snipers Iden. like that's a lot i mean if you can fit bobin you can even rule with respect but then your three pips yeah you don't have the three pip slots really three pips awkward Bo problem. fitting boba yeah. into a list with bosk and Iden is like it's too much yeah it's too much with the command cards fitting din in there as purely a uh, amban bot is much more doable because his command cards are bad um yep he doesn't care yeah so and bosk's Command, he's only got three command cards to Boba's six, so it's less of an awkward fit with Hyden, too. Um, I don't know. You, I'll you really don't it. even take all of Bosk's either. Uh, I think you might want all of them. I, I think mean, the he, one pip is the, the, the one, one pip is but... the one you usually drop, but in this situation, I think you want it. Yeah. I could see taking play. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's what Izzy ran for a long time that was successful, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he might have had Cad Bane instead of Bosk. I don't remember. But uh, he, you're talking about the list he played at LVO? He, yeah, he also played it at Gen Con. He, he won playing, Gen Con. He was playing him. IG88. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't I, double I play, I his, him in the quarters. That's the it's other thing. Good. It's flimsy. It can be IG, flimsy. IG88 is uh, also in that same points range as Din, and it's like, it's not close. Din's so bad. He's, he's he falls into that rebel hero discussion of uh 
yeah, he just needs to be like way cheaper for what he's bringing. He currently. needs to be like twenty points cheaper. I think you can and or needs a way to move out of melee. Free. I don't think I don't think Din's chassis necessarily needs to be cheaper. I think one hundred and five is like just give him the backpack for free. Yeah, give yeah. him the backpack. Yeah. Make some of like the flamer like like relatively free. He, he pays know? three more points for the exact same flamer than Boba Fett, who yeah. also gets to be cheaper, which is just. Right. And he Crazy. and he needs Din needs a way for his pistol to not suck because he doesn't have marksman, he doesn't have critical, he doesn't have sharpshooter. So like you're just always bouncing that every he, time. He just just to pile on the list, he just needs a rule like basically everyone else has in the bounty hunter world that if you have an immobilized, if you're engaged with someone who's immobilized, you can just move out of engagement. Yep. Like Cad can do that, Boba can do that. Uh, that we we've seen it. Um, with, Din, with General way. Grievous, with yeah. these these very expensive characters who want to be in melee and don't have force push, is a problem. Yeah, because uh, then they're then they're stuck thwacking at a single B one or something when they'd yeah. much rather be doing literally anything else. Yep. All right. Well, folks, um, send me send me your your thoughts on whether I should beg borrow steal a rebel Cassian Han list or whether you'd like to see me play an empire list with boss <laughs> and possibly don't um, because that is way more doable for my bringing my own stuff perspective than the Han list. But anyway, all right. Any final thoughts? That's it. Yeah. Pretty we're exhaustive. Good. We're good yeah. Go. All right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm I'm a bombad general and I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can claim to be a notorious scoundrel. I'm just a dude who's showing you're, up and talking. You're here as a as a person who's talking on scoundrels. You can claim. I okay. I don't know. I don't know how it, how your initiation works. I haven't been hazed yet. So it's funny. Don't, it's don't always worry, it's coming. Yeah. Okay. It's there. Yeah. It is always a little funny. I do this on purpose when we have guests because. Um, and you, you, by the way, do in fact work for the Fifth Trooper Network in many capacities. So um, I would not characterize you this way, but like sometimes we'll have a guest who's just literally from outside the network and we do the, you know, we are the notorious scoundrels thing. And it's just funny watching what people do and whether they decide to say their name or like something else or anyway, it's a fun little game. Nice. Um. Anyway, stay fresh, cheese bags. Boom, boom, boom. Um.